0: Can you stand with me and turn to Matthew chapter 6, and I want to talk to you about something today that the Holy Spirit just wouldn't let go of me about. And while you're turning to Matthew chapter 6, verse 34, uh, we're done with the angel series on Wednesday nights, and this Wednesday night is going to be a surprise message, a surprise message. So, don't miss Wednesday night. I guarantee you it's going to be worth your while. And my thanks to uh, Tom Dooley for being here Wednesday night as we were gone and sharing the Word of God. And I understand that he did maybe better than some of you folks ever heard him be. He really did a good job, talked about access to God. And uh, you might want to grab that CD on the way out today. But today I want to talk to you about worry warts. Worry warts. Now I understand that none of you ever worry, but I'm hoping that you'll grab the CD and take it to the worriers who you know. I know that you you walk in perfect faith like I do, and never does a contrary worrisome thought ever pass through your sanctified, saved, redeemed mind. But I do want to just send the word out from this church that there's no worry warts here. So let's read what Jesus said about worry. Let's talk about worry warts. He said, therefore, what everybody do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Father, I pray you will teach us to walk in worry-free living, banish worry from our minds, strengthen our faith in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and say, don't worry about it. Now, Jesus taught against worrying. In Matthew chapter 6, his famous Sermon on the Mount, he taught about worrying, knowing that we worry about everything. We worry about everything. We worry about the weather. We worry about our kids. We worry about our health. We worry about everything imaginable. We worry. Somebody once said that worry is like a rocking chair. It keeps you going, but you don't get anywhere. I believe that. And I like this one. Worry is today's mouse eating tomorrow's cheese think about that worry is today's mouse eating tomorrow's cheese worry is that gnawing dread that something bad is going to happen but you know what most worries don't ever happen even Mark Twain once said I've known many troubles in my lifetime but most of them never happened what was he saying He was saying the troubles I've known, many of them, most of them, were worries that never materialized. But when you worry, you experience the trouble, though the trouble never came. Now, I want you to understand today that worry is a thief. It robs the child of God of peace, joy, and faith. It subtracts from the quality of life, making our days a burden. That's what worry does. Now, I was thinking about it this week, and it occurred to me, worry is like hell's version of faith. Worry is like hell's version of faith, in that the worrier believes something that they don't yet see is going to happen. Remember what the Bible says about faith? Faith is the substance of things hoped for, and faith is the evidence of things not yet seen. Faith believes that something is in the spirit world for you and me. And even though it has not yet materialized in time and space, it's on the way. So faith is that evidence that though we don't yet see it, it's ours. Now what is worry? Worry is the dread of something feared. The anxiety over something not yet seen the worrier is believing that something not yet here is coming, but it's not good, it's bad. And so we worry about it. We worry, and our worry warts grow. If we could have a spiritual x-ray machine and see ourselves today as God sees us, how many worry warts would we see? They say, well, Pastor Jeff, why would you bother talking about worry? I'm going to tell you why it's very, very important that we not be a worrying people because worry affects our health. Did you know that? Now doctors are telling us that most of the visits to a doctor's office are stress-related. Worry affects our attitudes toward life. It affects the way you view life, the lens through which you see life. Worry affects our attitude towards God, and worry affects our attitude towards other people. Worry affects life. Worry affects productivity on the job. Worry frustrates our relationships at home. You know why? Because you can't focus on them. And you can't focus on them because you're worried. And do you know that I believe worry frustrates God Himself? Worry is unhealthy. And worry, according to the Bible, is sin. It's not just a problem. We need to get to the place where we say, Lord, forgive me for worrying because worry is a sin. Romans 14, 23 says, whatever is not of faith is sin. It's a sin. Now, let me, let me tell you what worry means. Worry does not mean concerned. Worry is not the same thing as being concerned. I can be concerned about something and I'll be worried about it. The Greek word for worry literally means to be pulled in different directions. That's what worry means. When Jesus said, do not worry, he was saying in your mind, don't be pulled in different directions. It ruins your ability to focus and focus is crucial to success and faith and life. When we're worried, our mind goes here, goes there. It's pulled in different directions, worried about this, that, and the other, where we can't focus on the things that really matter. Worry is an enemy. Worry is a robber. Worry comes from hell. Worry comes from a lack of faith. The Bible says that worry is a lack of trust in God. Worrying is actually choosing not to trust God. When we worry, we're saying, God, thank you, but I don't believe you can handle it. I think I'll just sit and worry about it. And when we choose not to trust God, we're telling God, you're not big enough to handle this problem. You're not big enough to handle my finances. You're not big enough to handle my health. You're not big enough to handle this relationship. You're not big enough to handle what I'm worried about. And you say, well, Pastor Jeff, don't you ever get worried? And I'm going to tell you the truth. Yes. I do. Of course I worry. Well, what do you worry about? Well, I worry about the future of our country sometimes. I worry about losing the freedoms we hold dear. I worry about the fact that we may give it all up to some kind of totalitarian regime or some idiotic philosophy that takes us down into the dirt. I worry about the sin that is rampant in our country and is perhaps incurring, and no doubt incurring, the judgment of God. I worry about that. And then I've got to remember, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got the whole world in his hands, and God never says, oops, and he never says, well, I'll be. did you know Jesus that was coming no I didn't know that was coming they never say that they say it's happening just exactly like we said it would in our word I worry about flying I'm gonna be honest with you I'm the world's worst flyer I don't like it my wife has to pray and lay hands on me and believe God that I'll make it on flight trips you say well that's not of God I know that but it happens anyway I don't like flying I have to remind God every time we fly that I'm called (laughs) I'm a white knuckled nervous flyer I hate sitting on that plane a day before we leave to fly I'm worried about it I have to give it to God this last trip we took we flew to Naples Florida and I worried about it And finally in the airport, I had to say to myself, now look, God knew you were going to get on that plane. God knew. He knows the flight. He knows the weather. He knows when it's going to take off. He knows when it's going to land. He knows if there's going to be any hindrances, any problem. He knows all about it. So I said, Lord, here I go into the mouth of hell, into that plane. Please see me through this. And he says to me, it's okay and I take it to God and he says it's okay and I'm so proud of myself flew back without a problem I was okay just read a magazine read a book and uh praise God I overcame but it was a battle and it was irrational it was worry there was no reason for me to be worried but still I had to deal with it now don't put your halos on too high don't polish them too bright because we all worry We worry about money. We worry about relationships. We worry about how we look. Is that a new worry line? Is that a new age line that I see? We worry about our health. We worry about our friend's health, where we're going to live, how we're going to live, and on and on and on. We worry, and some people even worry about worrying. What are you worried about? I'm worried that I worry too much. I come from a worrying family. If you don't want to worry about it, I've got relatives in New York who will be happy to worry for you. I was raised in a family where there was a lot of worry. For me, worry became a learned response to the stresses of life. So I had to renew my mind when it came to worry. I like what Sir John Lubbock once said, a day of worry is more exhausting than a day of work. Somebody else said, happy is the man who is too busy to worry by day and too sleepy to worry at night. Hallelujah. Oswald Chambers, the great devotional writer who wrote my utmost for his highest, had this to say about worrying. Worrying always results in sin. You know why? Because you take matters into your own hands instead of letting God handle it. How many bad decisions are made in the womb of worry? How many times do we choose wrongly because we're worried and we lose our trust in God and we reach out and take matters into our own hands? Ask Abraham. Chambers goes on to say, worrying always results in sin. We tend to think that a little anxiety and worry are simply an indication of how wise we really are. Yet it's actually a much better indication of just how wicked we are. Worry is an indication that we think God cannot look after us. But I've come today for some compound W, with some compound W, to take care of the worry warts. Remember when you got a wart when you were a kid? You went straight to the drugstore and got compound W. And it always got rid of the warts. Well, I've got some spiritual compound W-O-R-D today. And I'm going to apply it to the worry warts in here. The Word of God. Can you say with me the Word of God? It is the answer as it is to all other problems and issues of life. The Word of God holds the answer and the solution to the maddening cycle of worry. So instead of reaching for Mylanta, rollades and Tums, let's turn to the words of Jesus. Amen. Three times in Matthew 6, in the Sermon on the Mount, He commanded us to not worry. He didn't say pray about it. He didn't say consider it. He said don't Do it. Don't worry. We're not to worry about, here's what Jesus said, three areas of life he touched on. He said we're not to worry about what we cannot control, such as our height or the graying of our hair. He said by worrying you can't grow an inch and by worrying you can't turn one hair white or black. You can't worry and you shouldn't worry about what you can't control. He said we're not to worry about provision, what we will eat, drink, or wear. And we're not to worry about tomorrow, what the future holds. So we can't worry about what we can't control. We're not to worry about provision, and we're not to worry about tomorrow. Those are the commands of Jesus. We're not to worry about any of those things. Now I want to give you three nuggets of truth today that I hope will help us to get over the battle of worry. And please understand, and I mean this, I realize how difficult some of your lives and your situations are right now. You have health issues to deal with, frustrations with doctors, hospitals and insurance billings. You deal with circumstances and you deal with people that are discouraging and wearying and that bring worry. But I want you to know that the Word of God endures forever. And the Word of God, can, I don't care if you've been a major worrier all your life, we're going to dynamite that habit out of your life today by the power of the Word of God. If you will do what I share, He'll set you free from the tyranny of worry. How many of you want to be free? amen. Well, Jesus said, here's the first thing you've got to do to get get rid of the worry warts of life. He said, first, take life one day at a time. One day at a time, sweet Jesus. One day at a time. Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. Can we say that together? Don't worry about tomorrow. He said, tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Now I want you to let the word of God soak in. Listen to what he said. Tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. And I'm going to give you grace for today. I'm going to give you the wisdom for today. The strength for today. I'm going to be there for your today. But life, according to Jesus, is like aspirin. It's meant to be taken in doses, one dose at a time. You don't take a whole bottle of aspirin for a headache, and you don't reach into tomorrow and bring its troubles into today. Life is to be taken in daily doses. Have you ever just caught yourself worrying about next week, worrying about next month, And you hear the word of the Lord coming to you and Jesus saying, you don't even know what tomorrow holds. I want you to trust me for today. Jesus said, look at the birds of the air. They don't sow and they don't reap and they don't gather into barns. Yet your heavenly father feeds them and you have much more value than them. Don't worry about a day that hasn't arrived yet. You don't know what tomorrow holds. I look at my dogs. We've got three of them. They sleep all night long and they yawn in the morning. I put them outside and they lay down in the backyard and sleep in the sun. I check on them in the afternoon and they're asleep in the house. When night rolls around, the same old cycle of sleep starts all over again. Our dogs never seem to have anything to do but sleep. They don't have a care in the world. Not one. They don't get together at dinner time and say to each other in dog speak, do you think he'll come through tomorrow? I know he provided yesterday and he came through today, but I'm just really concerned about next week as I walk by that bag of dog food and it was a little low. I wonder if he's aware of my need. Oh God, it strengthened my faith in Jeff. No, they yawn, they sleep. They wander around, yawn, and sleep some more. And then they sleep some more. They have no idea that I go out every day to earn money to feed their lazy mouth. (laughs) They have no idea. I thought when me and Kathy go to the store and come back with all these groceries, they must say to each other, He's the greatest hunter in the world. They left with nothing. They've come back with all this meat and all this food. He's awesome out there. They don't worry about tomorrow. They don't worry about their provider. They know that I'm going to provide. Don't worry about tomorrow, Jesus said. Don't assume that tomorrow, don't assume that tomorrow is going to be a repeat of today. Or even worse. James said, you don't even know the least thing about what may happen tomorrow. Tomorrow's a new day. And Jeremiah wrote in his Lamentations, the mercies of the Lord are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. You don't know what God's cooking in the oven for tomorrow. You don't know what he's got coming next week. Faith says, get excited about it. Faith says, expect something good. Hope says something good is coming down the road. Worry says, uh uh-oh, be afraid, be filled with dread. Something bad is coming. You can think that way or you can think according to faith. As for me and my house and my mental well-being, I'm expecting good from the hand of God. I know life is not fair, but I also know that God is good. And I expect Him to send good tomorrow. He's in charge of my tomorrows say with me together, leave tomorrow alone. alone. It'll It'll take care of itself. I can save you thousands of dollars in counseling sessions just with that one statement. Now, the second key to conquering worry is don't worry about what you cannot control. Now, I want you to get this. Most things in life you and I can't control. Don't worry about what you can't control. Jesus said, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life or so much as an inch to his height? Did you know that Jesus said that? You can't add an hour to your life. You can't add an inch to your height. There are many, many things in life beyond our control. And you know what breaks people down? Being a control freak. When you've got to control everything. You've got to control your kids. You've got to control your spouse. You've got to control the house. You've got to control the finance. You've got to control the church. You've got to control everything. And you know what that bespeaks? That bespeaks somebody who's not trusting God. Because you're saying, everything will fly apart if I don't control it. And since you're not God, and he is, last time I looked, he's the only one who could sign that job description. We've got to get to the place where we let go and let God with the things we can't control or we will have a breakdown. Jesus said, who of you by worrying can add a single hour or a single inch to your body? You can't. There are some things that are beyond your control. We could not change them if we tried. Sometimes damaged relationships just can't be controlled or repaired. It's going to have to be something God does. Sins of the past. You can't control. You know why the past is called the past? Because it's past. And there's nothing you can do to control the past. It's done. But I got a little secret for you today. If you let him, if you let him, Satan will take you on a fishing expedition. When was the last time you were fishing with Satan? Say, well, Pastor Jeff, never. Ah, really? Think about this. He'll place the fishing pole of condemnation into your hand and he will drop the bait in the water and he'll teach you to reel in the guilt of those old sins, that old way of life so long ago. He'll say, do you remember what you did? Remember what you said? Remember where you went? Do you remember all those sins? And he'll get you to go fishing with him and you'll reel in those old sins and you'll condemn yourself for what happened in the past and you will beat yourself up and you'll, you don't realize that the past is something you can't control. It's done. It's in the hands of God. You've got to get where you let go of it and never touch it again. You can't worry about what you can't change. Now here's why the devil takes you fishing that way. And he's going to take some of you fishing today, unless you remember this word. He takes you fishing that way, so that you will be consumed always with your mistakes and your shortcomings, and if only, and the woulda, shoulda, coulda, bends, the tyranny of if only, so that you will not pick up the fishing pole of salvation, cast Jesus out there, and fish for souls. He wants you to be set aside He wants you to be distracted. He wants you to forget about what God has done for you and how he's washed away all of your old sins. He wants you to beat yourself up about what you cannot change so that you will not go out there and make an impact for Jesus. I stand with Paul forgetting what is behind and reaching for what is ahead. Paul was saying, I can't change persecuting the church. I can't change throwing people in jail. I can't change the tyranny and the havoc. I wrought on the church of the Lord Jesus christ but i've got today and i've got tomorrow and i can do something about that so i'm looking forward instead of back there i'm not gonna worry about the past i'm going fishing with jesus i mean i'm going fishing with jesus i stand on that land like i did yesterday and i see them coming from the north and from the south And from the east and from the west there's going to be a whole lot of Holy Ghost activity going on on that property. I'm looking forward to what God's got coming down the road. I'm filled with faith and anticipation and hope, and I refuse to be taken down by the lie of worry. I'm not going to let the devil beat me over the head about the past. I am not going to worry about the money or the provision or anything. I've got my eyes peeled on the prize. We're going to see a great harvest of souls It's going to be exciting. Some of you are going to be blessed beyond anything you have ever known. I'm telling you, lift up your head, lift up your eyes, and look on the field. It is white for harvest. (laughs) (laughs) Hallelujah. (laughs) What was that? I just kicked a devil. Amen. That's somebody who doesn't want to go on the elevator. Now, here's the third thing you do to defeat worry. A third way to conquer worry is pray about everything. Can you say it with me? Pray about everything. Say it again. Pray about everything. Everything, how basic can that be? But I want to tell you if you're worried about it, you haven't prayed about it. If you're worried about it, you haven't prayed about it. Listen to what Paul said Do not worry, do not worry. That's Paul. Learn to pray about everything, give thanks to God as you ask Him for what you need. Paul goes on. The peace of God is much greater than the human mind can understand. This peace will keep your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Translated, this peace will keep you from going crazy. Pray about it. Now, I've learned a long time ago that worry is God's warning flag to me that I haven't prayed about it. If I'm worried, I haven't prayed about it. Because it may be a real circumstance. It may be something truly concerning. But if I don't have the peace of God and I'm being gnawed at and eaten up by worry, I haven't prayed about it. Take all your worries to God. Lay all of them at the foot of the cross. Peter said, cast your cares on him for he cares for you. Jesus taught we can conquer worry by learning to seek first the kingdom of God. He says, you seek first the kingdom of God and everything you're worried about is going to be taken care of. He taught his disciples not to worry when life and even God don't make sense. Jesus said, you do not understand now what I am doing, but you will understand later. Oh, I like that. Because there are times that God's doing something in my life I do not understand. But I've learned when you don't understand his hand, you trust his heart. God is not able, obligated to come down to us every time we're perplexed and explain it to us. Sometimes he says, child, walk with me by faith. You take my hand. You don't have to understand everything. What I'm doing now in that relationship, now with your job, now with the circumstances surrounding you, you do not understand, but you will understand it later. How often have we gone through a valley, come out on the other side, and look back, and it all became clear? while when we were in it, it was a fog, and we just took the hands of Jesus and said, I'm not going to worry, though I don't understand, I know that he does. Though I'm weak, he is strong. Though I don't know the way, he knows the way. And though I'm not in control, he's in control. And you walk through a valley, you come out on the other side, and you look back and you say, ah that's what he was doing I can't tell you how that verse blesses me here's his disciples in for the shock of their life he's about to be crucified he's about to be killed he's about to be beaten beyond recognition he says you're gonna see some things guys you're not gonna understand but you will understand it later and when Pentecost hit they got it and they tore the world up there's times dear church you gotta take his hand and trust his heart and don't worry about it amen give your circumstances time commit them to God in prayer give God time to move he knows your every need he knows the financial situation of our church He sees the need we have. He sees the needs you and I have. So often God, in his great mercy, has to rescue us from ourselves. Because we worry ourselves to death. When we worry, we tend to believe our doubts and doubt our beliefs. Don't worry about it. I love the words of assurance that Jesus gives in verse 22. And I'm going to close with this. Your heavenly father knows. Your heavenly father knows. He knows the troubles you're in. He knows the problems you face. He knows the needs you have. He knows the fears you've got. And he knows the worries that are on your mind. Now I want us to stand. Don't stand yet. I'm sorry. Because I'm going to tell you to do something. Say this with me in summary. Say it together. Take life one day at a time. Don't worry about what you can't control. Pray about everything casting your cares onto God. Now I gave you an index card, and here's what I want you to do as we close. And Steve's going to come up and lead us in a little bit of worship. I want you to take that card you received. And I brought with me, it's not real impressive looking, but it's going to do something impressive. Here's our worry box. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to take that index card, and I want you to write down on it. You don't have to put your name Just write down on that card the three things you're most worried about. If you don't have any worries, just write down, worry-free. But if it's financial, if it's marital, if it's health, whatever it is, write it on that card. And I want you to put them in here. We're going to do this in both services. And tonight on the property, I'm going to burn them. I'm going to burn them. I'm going to burn your worries. And you know what you can't do anymore? You can't worry about it anymore. Hello? So that's not going to keep me from worrying. I'm too good. Burn it. Burn away. I'll still worry. Let me tell you something. There's something about taking these worries, and we're going to watch them go off in a puff of smoke because that's the way God sees them. Financial worries, family worry. Write it down. And we're going to take the box and hold it right back there at the door. And I want you to drop them in as you go by. Tonight, if you're there, you're going to watch them burn. And then you can't worry any more about it. How's that for a deal? <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> well, that's a pretty impressive clap, wouldn't you say, Steve? All right. <clears throat> on up here, Kathy. You know, Kathy and I know the, the, the power of this because as most of you know, we worked through a real, really tough time. We went through a class. We went through the intimate encounters that a lot of y'all go through down there. And chapter four, what are you worried about, dear? <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Oh, no, <laughs> no. Uh, here's the deal. In class four, you had to write out Offenses—the offenses that you had toward each other—and mine was about half a page, and hers was about ten pages long. And at the end of that, when you've gone over all the offenses with each other, then you take that list and you burn it, and then you can never bring them up again. And do you know that since we did that, we've never—we did how long ago? Two, and a half, two. Two and a half years ago have never brought up any of that stuff ever again you know why we burned it in the presence of God so I know what I'm talking about when I say burning things here goes your worries in a puff of smoke you may still have the concerns but not the worry can we stand together <clears throat> want to say something you know, there was a time in the 80s, in the 1980s, when my kids were young, that I really struggled with worry. Actually, it was more fear, but fear and worry are harsh, cruel taskmasters. And if you've ever experienced a time in your life where that was oppressive over you, you know what I'm talking about. So I really think that there is something to this, to writing it down, giving it to God, and praying about it and releasing it and letting it go. And uh, so I just encourage you to do that. Now i'm gonna go to the door and hold this the worry box and let's shout don't, don't worry, worry about it don't worry be happy don't worry be happy don't worry pray okay all right are you gonna I'm, I'm take it okay. with me i want to say it's don't, good to see yeah. ernest and alma back yes i know good amen. to see y'all amen and ron why don't you stay right here for a second